Okay, I want to give you a little heads up. By the way, those of you who are joining us online, either currently or later on in the week, we'd like to welcome you as well. We'd love to meet you in person if you're local. And if you're looking for a home, a Bible-believing, Bible-preaching church in your area, if you need some help researching that, we'd be happy to help. We'd love you to have, we like having you with us, but we'd love you to have uh, contact face-to-face with folks. Um, So a little background on what we're doing today. Uh, When we set this whole series up, uh, hospitality is going to be a big piece. I turned it off, and then I caught. Okay. Hospitality is going to be a big piece of the year, just so you know. We've got a seven-year vision that the uh, consistory and staff have, have believed that God is leading us toward, and the first step toward that seven years is going to be about hospitality. So that's going to be a big theme this year. I just want you to know that. But, so we knew that coming into the fall, we're going to start talking about hospitality. Okay. And I thought in my head I had this, it's easy. You know, we're going to talk about the Good Samaritan. Three weeks on the Good Samaritan, it's easy. How not to be hospitable, hospital, hospitable, same, similar word. Um, and, you know, the two guys that go by him and, and, okay, and then how to be hospitable. And that hospitality is some kind of, some, sometimes kind of messy, inconvenient, costly, might even be dangerous. So that was the plan. So then you start studying and you start, uh, Pastor Chris has been doing some training on hospitality and, and, and how, to, how to bless other people. And so you start researching and you start chewing on things and, and then, okay, well, maybe not, maybe not, maybe not the Good Samaritan. Maybe we'll, we'll go into to Hebrews 13.2 that talks about um, don't give up entertaining because some people have entertained angels, but they were unaware of it. So, okay, God is host, we are guests. We are host, God is guests or one of God's minions, the angels. Yeah, yeah, that could work. Or um, John 1, 14, when it says that Jesus came to that which his own, but they received him not. Okay, I can go there. But those are all kind of easy to do. And then I, was, I, was land, I landed on uh, Romans 12, the end of Romans 12, because there's one sentence in there, practice hospitality. There's a bunch of other great stuff in there. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to be kind of an uplifting, cheerful message. And reading and praying and reading and praying. And I, man, I don't want to do the one I'm supposed to do. So I'm just telling you going in, this is pokey. It's great pokey. It's something I've never noticed before, to be perfectly honest. I know the passage. We've, we've preached this before. But Jesus ties hospitality and judgment as if they're married together. And I don't like it. I don't want it to be true. But I want you to know that I, one of the questions that I asked myself before preaching, uh, Pastor Nate and I had a conversation like this uh, a couple of years ago. He said something in a, in a message that, that bothered some people. And, and honestly, what he said didn't bother me so much, but how he said it did. And I'm not coming down on Nate. It's a long talk, great learning curve for both of us. But um, I said, Nate, you can't, you can't correct people that you don't first love. So one of the questions I ask is, Lord, I know you love these people. Do I love them enough to tell them this? And if we believe that Jesus loves us, we believe that no matter what he's told us, it's for our benefit, not for our detriment. So you don't have to believe that I love you, but you do, I know you're convinced that Jesus does. And Jesus, nearing the end of his life in the gospel according to Matthew, um, this is kind of the farewell discourse. He gives some warnings. And then he, and he, he, he does it through parables. And there's no way that Jesus tells us this stuff if he doesn't love us. There's no way that he tells you this stuff if he doesn't love you. So a little background on this passage. This chapter is chapter 25. Great stuff. The parable of the 10 virgins. 
Just so you don't have to have any more conversation on your way home with children as to what that might mean, we'll just use the word maiden. But it used to be that when young women um, were pledged to be married to young men, most of them, this is when Jesus was walking the earth, most of those marriages were arranged by the parents. Sometimes it was a political thing. Sometimes it was a, a financial thing. Sometimes it was just the parents are really close and they want to stay connected forever. Kind of like the little, the little romance that started up here. Did you see, the, did you see this? The, a little girl right here and a little boy right here, and they're kind of, it was kind of cute. So parents are like, hey, I don't, who knows? Um, but when, when a young man would go to propose to a young lady, he, it was a ceremony of wine. He would come with a wineskin or a pitcher and a cup, and they would be probably the first time they've ever spent time together alone because everything was always chaperoned. And when the parents told him it was time for them to be betrothed, to be engaged, then they would come together and he would take the wineskin or the pitcher and he would pour it into a glass and he would say, this is the blood of a new covenant poured out for you. And he would place it in front of her. Does that sound familiar? When Jesus, the blood of a new covenant poured out for the forgiveness of your sins, take, drink. See, Jesus, when he said to his disciples, was saying this. Will you love me and honor me and share with me all that is to come for better, for worse, for richer, for poor, in sickness and health, through laughter and tears? Will you be faithful to me as long as our life shall last, or as long as your life shall last? They knew what he was saying. He knew what he was saying. We have kind of, we've kind of lost that tradition. But these young women, would, would, if they took the cup and drank, then it's yes, now they're legally married, they're betrothed, they just don't consummate the marriage yet. And the young man would say this, I'm going away to prepare a place for you. And when I'm finished, I'll come back for you and we'll be, we'll be married. Now that sounds familiar too, right? Jesus says in my father's holy mansion, there are many rooms. I wouldn't tell you so if it weren't true. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And only my father knows when I'll return. So what these maidens, these young, married, or young engaged women would do in every village or every, every traveling caravan, they're supposed to be ready every night because at sunset, the groom, the bridegroom and his, and his buddies would, would come in, they'd either blow a horn or make some noise, and they would come into, the, come into the village and all the young women in waiting would come out wondering, is this my night? They don't know. And Jesus gives a parable talking about women like this. There's 10 of them. And, and some of them start thinking, well, you know, he's been gone a long time. It's probably not going to be tonight. You know, who knows? Who, it's, been a long, it's been a while. I don't know. It's probably, it's going to be my friend's turn. It's not. And, he, and, he, and he says, don't. Don't stop being watchful. Don't stop waiting. Today may be the day. I get calls every year, emails every year from people. What, is this the end times? Is this the end times? Is this the end of days? Is this the, what do you think about Jonathan Kahn? What do you think about this prophet? What do you think about this prophet? Da, 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 da. And I tell, same answer, this might be the year. Might be this year. And we've been saying that for 2,000 years. And it might be. It might be today. It might be tomorrow. I don't know when the end is going to come. But Jesus says that he doesn't know, only his father knows because he's going to prepare a place. So Jesus telling us in this farewell discourse, this, these, these warnings and these, and these signs of judgment, he's telling us, be ready. And then he moves on to the parable of the talents. You know this one. That someone, one guy's entrusted with 16 lifetimes worth of wages. Another seven or eight and a half, uh, no, seven, 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 three quarters. Um, and then another one with, with several, a couple of lifetimes worth of wages. I don't know why Jesus calls that a little, but, and, and he says, I'm going away, and I want you to take this and do with it. And he goes away. He's gone a long time. When he comes back, the master comes back, and, and he says to the one that he gave 10 talents, what have you done? I made 20, five, made 10. The guy he gave one, well, I knew you were a harsh, I knew you were harsh. So 
I just buried it because I didn't want to lose any of it. And you couldn't put it on a deposit at a bank and make some interest. And then he says that, look, even, even what you have will be taken away. And I'm going to take that and give it to the one who invested much. Because if you're faithful with the small things, more will be entrusted to you. Jesus telling us this for this reason. Always be ready because today might be the day. Two, I have entrusted you with great things. Do with them what I would have you do with them. Do with them what I would do if I were managing them. Because Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit of God. In the farewell discourse in John, Jesus says, it's good for you that I'm going away. No, no, say it isn't so. It's good for you that I'm going away. I will send to you a counselor, the Holy Spirit, and you will do even greater things than I have done. So if you're a follower of Christ, the Holy Spirit of God lives in you. That's the talent that he's entrusted to you, the lifetime's worth of wages that he's entrusted to you. And he wants us... Because of the Holy Spirit in us, he wants us to do his work here while he's with the Father preparing a place for us to come. And then he moves on to the parable of the sheep and the goats. And I'm going to tell you, I've never tied these together, but Jesus wouldn't tell us if he didn't love us. So be ready. Work. Do the work of Jesus while Jesus is gone. And then at the end, at that time, excuse me, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory. All the nations will be gathered before him and he will separate the people one from another as a shepherd separates sheep from goats. He will put the sheep on his right, the goats on his left. Now, I just want to show you one thing, the very first line there says, when the Son of Man comes. He doesn't say here, the Son of God. Now, he's both. He's fully God, and he's fully human. And Reformed Doctrine 101 will tell you this, that which was not assumed is not redeemed. So Jesus had to become fully human, everything that humanity is, because if he left a shred of it, he didn't take it upon him, then if any part of us isn't redeemed, isn't made right with God, then none of it is. So Jesus, fully God, fully human. When he's the son of God, he's representing God. He's always the son of God. But when, when the title is used, he's representing who God is and what God wants. And he's bringing honor and glory to God. But when he's son of man, he's representing who man is supposed to be, who humanity is supposed to be, and what the honor and glory of man is supposed to be. Who are we is whose are we. And Jesus, Adam, the first man, made everything wrong. And Jesus, as son of man, one of us, he came to make everything right that Adam made wrong. So when it says, and he's speaking, when the son of man comes in his glory and the angels with him, he will sit on his throne in heavenly glory and all the nations will be gathered around him. He's saying, I am you. This is how it's supposed to be. And I left you in charge I left you to do my bidding. I left you, I showed you how to live the way humanity is supposed to live. And now it's time for me to see if you've done it. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. By the way, the word blessed there, we've talked about that here before, but uh, some of the training we're doing, the old English word blessed means to strengthen another's arm. Hospitality literally means to strengthen the right arm of a stranger, but to bless in Greek means to say good things about. 
So come you who are spoken well of by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. I needed clothes and you clothed me. I was sick and you looked after me. I was in prison and you came to visit me. Then the righteous will answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, thirsty and give you something to drink? When, when did we see you, a stranger, and invite you in or needing clothes and close you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go, go and visit you? And the king will reply, I tell you the truth. Hold on, let me put that a different way. The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Now, there are people that will argue that Jesus is talking about only how that Jesus, when he calls them brothers, these brothers, of least of these brothers of mine, uh, you've done unto me. Some will argue that that means we're only supposed to behave this way toward other Christians. And there's a, there's a point there. There's something there to be, to be articulated and thought through. Paul talks about, you know, as far as it depends on you, live in harmony with one another. And, and he goes on to talk about some other things. And then he, and he says, but especially to your brothers and sisters in Christ. So there's something to that. But what does Jesus say about love your enemy? What does Jesus say about don't return evil with evil, but evil with kindness? He, he, here, and he's son of man, he's not, so that means he's one of our brother. He, when he's talking about brothers, he's a sibling with humanity. He's not saying only other people that believe like you, that think like you, that, that, that vote like you. He's saying what you do to anyone, you do to me. So however you bless anyone, you are blessing me. See, God is host and we are guests, but we are hosts and he's our guest. However I treat others is how I treat God. And however I treat others is what I'm communicating to them about the character, the nature, the heart of God. So how are we doing on this? Personally. And I don't want you to yell out an answer great or terrible, but I, I talked last week about I'm not wired for this. I, I'm really good, and I shine in some areas. I'm really good at looking out for the needs of others when I'm out. But when I'm home and I'm sitting home watching fishing videos and someone rings the doorbell, my first thought isn't, get out the Intamin's cake. We have company. My first thought is, who's trying to sell me what? And so I go up, and then I remember, oh, yeah, I'm a pastor. I got to... Uh, Because it, it, it's an inconvenience, and it wasn't planned. If you're going to stop by, my, just call first. If I'm in the front yard, stop in. But if, just call, okay? If you know Lynn's home, show up. It'll be great. But I'm going to ask you this question. I know how silly and maybe trite this is, but I, I promise you, if I, if I heard the doorbell ring and I walked up the stairs and I'm just in the middle of like, man, I was just, is Brian Latimer going to catch that bass? I just want to know. Um, and I'm walking up the stairs and there's someone in there and I see through that kind of the, we have a yellow door, which I've been told I didn't know. Um, I don't notice things. Pastor Kurt has to tell me every year when they put Christmas decorations on the stage because I will not notice. So when I walk up and I look kind of through the, the, the smoky glass on our front door, if I see someone in a robe and a, and a sash and he's got a beard and, and it's Jesus, I'm probably going to answer the door and go, hey, give me five minutes because my wife will be really embarrassed because I haven't kept the house clean. 
but I'm going to welcome him in. And if I see him and he looks like he just fell off a of Greg's motorcycle and he's got road rash and he's torn up, I'm, he's coming in and I'm salving his wounds. And if he says to me, look, my father wants me to go get uh, to the north side of Holland and I'm, I, I'm, I'm kind of beat up and, you know, people have been persecuting me, whatever. And, and he says, can, can you drive me or can you call an Uber? I'm going to drive him or call him an Uber. If Jesus is in need, I'm going to do what I'm supposed to do because he's my Lord and Savior. He's going to get my best. And when, he, when I say I want to clean up the house, he's going to go, look, I stood at the door. I knocked. I'm coming in. Why don't I behave that way toward the people that he tells me when I do it for them, I do it for him? How are we doing on this? See, I was listening to a sermon by Francis Chan yesterday, and he, by the way, he thinks we're getting close to the end. Um, and I really respect him because he, he left something big and took on something small. He just seems to be a humble man of God. I'm sure he has his, his mistakes and everything else. But, but he talks about this passage in, in Paul talking to Timothy. And Timothy, he's saying, in the church, Timothy, near the end, you will start seeing some things that let you know the end is coming. And one of those things is, They've become lovers of pleasure and not lovers of God. And then he goes on, he says, but as for you, Timothy, not you. And Francis Chan was trying to encourage other pastors saying, be faithful, be courageous. Don't be caught up in all the stuff that, that, but I got to tell you, if I'm honest with myself, one of the things I love is pleasure. I really don't like being inconvenienced. I like nice things. I like when my schedule works the way it's supposed to. I like when, when I get to decide when I serve, when I do, something like that. And I bet you, you do too. And I think that Jesus is here to kind of make sure that my life goes smoothly. But there's nothing in Scripture that tells me that. Because I was hungry, and he gave me something to eat. I hope so. Because the next part... From there, he will say to the, those on his left, depart from me, you who are cursed. By the way, opposite of bless, those that my father speaks ill of. Depart from me, you who are cursed, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was hungry, you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty, you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes, you didn't clothe me. I was sick and in prison, and you didn't come look after me. They also will answer, Lord, when, when, did, when did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison that we didn't help you? He will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. And then they will go away to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. Notice what it doesn't say. It doesn't say but you prayed 40 minutes a day. You started in the Old Testament and Psalms in the morning and in the evening you ended in a gospel and an epistle. You read the newest, coolest Christian self-help book and you gave to the, to, to the church's facility expansion fund. You led Sunday school and you volunteered your time at Mobile Food Pantry. That's the only one of those things that he might go, huh. 
See, it doesn't say you didn't do, you didn't do, you didn't do, but you did do this. It's not a, a cat and mouse game. It's not a black points and, and white marks. It's not, it's not that. It doesn't work that way. See, and this isn't about legalism. It's not about like, well, if you, okay, I, I fed 50 people yesterday, so today I'm all, it doesn't work that way. That's not what he's saying. He's saying, I will know your heart by who you represent. I will know who you are by looking at whose you are. If I'm an ambassador for Christ, and I am to show hospitality, I'm to strengthen the arm of the stranger, I'm to provide hospital care, I'm to provide food for the hungry, when someone has no place to sleep, I'm supposed to invite them in. How you doing? Jesus doesn't tell us this so that we're afraid. He tells us this because he loves you. And he wants you to know God's judgment standard. When Jesus was asked, what are the, what's, the, what are the, what's the greatest commandment? He says, well, love the Lord your God with everything you have. And love your neighbor as you love yourself. There are no commandments greater than these. John 14, 15 says, if you love me, you'll obey what I command. So if he commands love God, and by loving God, you love others, and you know you're loving God by how you love others, you know you're loving others by how you love God, but somehow, some way, and I'm not saying that anyone decides this, but some, I know that sometimes in my own heart, it's I love the Lord my God with all my heart, strength, soul, and mind, and I love myself. I'm trying to be better, I'm trying to be gooder, I'm trying to be gooderer, I'm trying to be a good Christian. Doesn't matter the condition of my heart. I just want to make sure that I know how it looks and I want to make sure that you think well of me. It's a mask. And he says, that won't work with me because I know the hearts of every man. I know the mind of every man. There's nothing hidden from God. There aren't dark places that I invite him into. He's already in my dark places. He invites me to see and show me how much he loves me anyway. And there are dark places in other people that he wants to invite them into. And one of the means by which he helps people see who they are and whose they are is you. And I know that when I, there's certain things I watch on television when I see people in black masks throwing, throwing rocks at cops. Sometimes out loud I go, oh, come Lord Jesus. Because I want judgment. I want grace for me, but oh, they'll they'll realize that, yes, indeed, there is a God, and they're not it. I know I'm not, but they aren't. But you see my heart. My heart is, they don't get grace. I do. What would Jesus say to the person in a black mask throwing rocks at cops? Would he walk up and beat them? Or would he show them how lost they are how angry they are because they don't feel like they have any control in the world and show them who he is and what's best for them. I'm not doing very well on this. See, the scripture tells us this. Lord, it's your kindness that leads us to repentance. Bless you. It's your kindness 
Not his judgment. Yeah, he has some harsh words. But he only tells you those harsh words because he loves you. He only wants what's best for you. And what's best for you is to look out for the interests of others also. So how are you doing? And if this bothers you, here's the beautiful thing. He loves you anyway. And he wants to transform, to redeem, to, to turn around, to, 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 to mold your heart into who he wants you to be, not who you demand he make you into. See, we're told to become, live up to what we've already attained in Christ. He's not going to condemn you because you have an attitude now and then. But he does want to transform you so that other people find out that love is, that God is patient and kind. It doesn't envy, doesn't boast, not easily anchored, not self-seeking, keeps no record of wrong, isn't suspicious of motive. He wants the world to be represented by his children in such a way that, his, that the world sees how good God is and how much he loves them and how he was willing to die for them. That's hospitality, folks. It's more, but it's not. Caring for another the way Jesus cares for you. Speaking to another the way Jesus speaks to you. Loving another the way Jesus loves you. Even if that other isn't someone that loves you, that treats you well, or that speaks highly of you. Especially when they're not people that like you. Now, I don't ever end a sermon like this, but I've done it twice today. I'm going to do it one more time. Jesus was very, he's not kidding around. And I believe I was faithful to the text. I was faithful in the challenge. And I asked you the appropriate questions. So I end the sermon today saying this, thus saith the Lord. Let's pray. Lord, you're God, we're not. And we are so thankful. And in some ways, I know, I know me, I don't represent you well. And I pray that you convict me in those areas and show me how I can do differently. How you mold my heart so that at judgment, you know my heart and I know my heart. You tell us in the scripture that I tell you the truth. And when I stand before you one day and you say, I tell you the truth, I, I, should, I already know what you're gonna say. I just hope, I just hope that it will be well done, good and faithful servant. Lord, I pray that for everyone in this room. We pray these things in Jesus' name, through your spirit, for your glory. Amen. It's not that we first loved him. He first loved us. He pursues us. And then once he has us and he changes us, he then leaves us. He doesn't leave us alone. He leaves us with something even greater than Jesus himself. And he says, now I want you to carry on what I carried to you. I want you to carry on to others. That's the parable of the ten maidens. It's the parable of the talents. And it's the parable of the sheep and the goats. But there will come an end to it. And I pray and I hope, as does he, that you're going to be a sheep and not a goat. You know your heart. I don't. Jesus does, but you do. 
Where's your heart? Is it wholeheartedly, is it wholeheartedly owned and operated by Jesus Christ? Is he your only comfort? And do you offer that comfort to others? That's the question for the day. I hope so. And I will pray so. The Lord bless you. And he has. Keep you. He will. Make his face shine on you. He does. The Lord turn his countenance toward you. That's a look on God's face. God smile at you and give you peace. And all of God's people say, amen. Go with and in the peace of Christ.